It's like a whistling <laughs> sound. Hi, welcome to the Split Screen Gaming Podcast Zelda Breath of the Wild spoiler chat. I am here with our last guest from the last episode, Travis. Oh, hello, Holden. How are you? See, we have both played Breath of the Wild, whereas Chad, who is just sitting here awkwardly, has Woo! not played it. So we're going to talk lame. a little bit about it. We're going to start off by talking a little bit about like uh, what our, our favorite parts of the game were, from like, Shrines to Divine Beasts, um, talking about like the conventions that have changed, what we liked, what we didn't like, and then kind of moving into, at the end, like what what we want to see out of the next Zelda game, off of Breath of the Wild. But they're just jumping right into like what our favorite things were, and we'll kind of get into criticism later on. But do you have like a favorite shrine or favorite... Uh, I don't. I didn't get a chance to do all the shrines. I did most of them. Yeah. Surprisingly, though, my favorite shrines and the first time I came across them was very, very intimidating. Um, are two of them. Uh, the tests of strength were fun, mm -hmm. especially when you're still very, very early on in the game and you just happen to randomly come across the major test of strength one. Yes. And you're like, oh my god, what's going to happen? And then you die like the little punk you are. <laughs> um, so those are fun, but I actually kind of like the motion control ones, especially if you have a pro controller. The motion control shrines are some of my favorite. Really yeah. just trying to like manipulate uh, my pro controller and really seeing that one-to-one -one ratio of like, if I turn it one way, the actual thing will change with it. Or when you see people who, like, flip something entirely upside down to try to cheat through a shrine. So. Yeah. Well, I think there's that. This is probably the most talked about shrine in terms of motion puzzles is the one where you have the ball maze. The maze, yeah. There, that's the one puzzle I've heard the most variations on how to solve it. <laughs> how did you solve that one? Uh, I, like the lame person that I am, I believe I actually solved it the way you're supposed to. <laughs> um, that's impressive because I gave up. <laughs> On that. Uh, the first time, so for people who don't know, I played the game for probably about like 15, 20 hours and I started over because I do that with games I like mm -hmm. and I realized I feel like I'm playing them wrong. Mm -hmm. So I started over. The first time I went through, I solved the puzzle, but I was upset that I couldn't figure out how to get, and this is how dumb I am, how to get the chest in the in the maze. Yep. So the second time I was like, oh, maybe I can just jump onto the maze and get the chest. <laughs> uh, but yeah, I still manipulated my... Uh, pro controller all the way around to actually get that ball all the way around, all the way up and then flip it up. So yeah. I did it the way you're supposed to do it. And after that, I found out the gajillion ways that people did it without doing that at all. That so was... I've done it two times at this point now. And I gave up doing it the normal way because I was just way too fucking hard. There's no way I was going to be able to do it. So I did the... Uh, I actually just paraglided right down to the, the maze. And I grabbed the ball, I brought it over to the area it's supposed to be, and I used stasis to, like, shoot it across oh where I needed to go. That's what I did. And then oh. uh, the other way is just flipping it upside down. Uh, that's the one of the major ways. I saw yeah. one on YouTube, I forget who it was, who he turned the whole maze vertically so that the last part of it where you're supposed to, like, hit the ball up is standing up. So when the ball comes out from the pipe, he was oh. trying to hit it like a bat. <laughs> He's like, and go! And he was trying to hit the ball like a bat straight it into... It did work. That's hilarious. That's awesome. So, Well, there is one where you literally have a bat, like a golf club you're using to hit. So, Yeah, yeah. So that's always cool. Uh, motion control ones, coming across those where at first it's intimidating because like, I don't know how this is supposed to work. But then just... Mm -hmm. Especially if you have like a pro controller or if you're using like the grip, seeing how well, how intuitive it is that literally moving the entire controller around is yeah. represented on the screens so. yeah there was i think one of the better uh, motion control ones too is when you have the staircase yeah and you have to like align the staircase the, the right way or you have 
this giant irregular shape, and you have to like move it in a way that you can walk across it. And get that was cool. That was I remember that was one of the last ones I came across. Yeah, before that was a really really fun one. But I think in terms of those like the major test shrines and all that, those are so hard if you get to it too early. There's that one that is uh, in the middle of the water right before Eventide Island. Yes. So I got to that too early. Yeah, same yeah. here. I uh, I went up, I was because it's Bahatena Village. Yeah. And you're just going up, and you're like, oh, there's a random cliff over there, and I can see a shrine. So you go up to that shrine on Hateno Village, and you beat that, which I forget what it is. Mm-hmm. And then you're like, oh, I see a shrine in the middle of the water. Yeah, let me paraglide down there. Right. It's easy, easy to get to. Yeah, it's yeah. easy to get to. Who cares? I'll knock one out. <laughs> yeah, <laughs> you get in there. Yeah. It's like major test of strength. And I think this is like one of my first or second actual test of strength shrines. It's like, what's, I was like, what's a major test? Of- oh my God, I'm dead. Yeah. Okay. Never mind. Gotta go. Yeah, Guardian comes up. He has three fucking swords. Right. <laughs> He's out to get you. That one was really tough. But Eventide Island, that was like one of the best. I'm so upset that I haven't gotten to do that yet. You haven't gotten a chance? Oh, that's a really good one. Remember? All right. You so need to switch back. Play for that those for sure. who have not listened to Split Screen before this, yeah. uh, my Switch has suffered bending, so I had to it out. So my main thing after a while, even though I did put 100 hours into Zelda play, was let me beat the game. And then get it fixed. And when it comes back, I can do all the other stuff. There's still a lot of stuff to yeah. do, too. Oh, yes, I know. Yeah. But I did a good amount of stuff. More than most people who had already been playing it for longer and had more time to play with it. So mm-hmm. You go to Eventide Island. It is seriously one of the, the most fun areas in that game. I am looking forward to that. I'm looking forward to a few other areas. There's one. Did you see? I won't go too far into it because I don't if you haven't gone to it yet. But north of the Lost Woods, there's like that black mass. Did you see that one? No. It's really cool. Wait, is that the one we talked about? Like, maybe stumble across it online, or it's just, like, darkness? Yeah, you get yeah. there, and it's pitch black. You have to use a torch to see anything at all, and you have to find the shrine somewhere in the darkness. I'm looking forward Super to it. Super cool. It's uh, very, very good. It's because it's kind of like that thing we were talking about. Everybody, all right, well, I'll save my that comment, but continue. Yeah, um, I think my other uh, favorite shrine, there's this, I don't, there's this one, and... You have a block of ice, and you have to walk up to the top. That shrine! Oh, so you did this one. Okay, you're the Fuck first person <laughs> I've met who's done that shrine. I loved that shrine. It was one of the Fuck first shrine. shrines that really challenged me in terms of the puzzle mechanics. So there's that last part at the end where you have like the fire the flame, coming in, right. and then the like, brick as well. How did you get past that one? Do you remember? I cheated and looked it up online. <laughs> uh, I think it had to do with, like, you had to get... <sighs> You have to use stasis. Yeah. That's it's like you have to do. lift a block up, quickly use stasis on the block. No. Oh. No. No, that's what it was. You have to use stasis on the ice. Okay, because that's what I did. Yeah, use stasis on the ice, lift like the magnetic cube up, yep. and then as stasis is let go of the ice, it slides across. So, yep. yeah, I did do that one. I did that one too. I had to do the part two times because I did stasis on the ice block, but hit it too hard. So it crashed <laughs> into the wall. So I'm like, damn it. And I had to like go all the way down to the bottom, get the ice block, go back up again. But that was the first time I came to something. I'm like, oh, crap. What do I, what do, I do here? And it was not an immediate. Whereas I think all the other shrines were kind of the fun of it was playing out the puzzle. Right. But there wasn't a lot of difficult puzzles. Right. That one was difficult. And I remember... Uh, I was reading some, because I read a lot sometimes on the internet. Uh, someone posted an article how he was doing that shrine, and he never could understand why his ice was always melting by the time he got to the top. Mm-hmm. And it took him to realize that he had a fire I was, weapon. Equipped. I was going to say flame yep. sword. Yep. I and love those subtle little touches. Right. 
You wear a flame sword into cold areas, it like heats you up. Right. I was like, man. Awesome. Oh. I never thought to do that. The opposite in the Gerudo uh, Desert, which was keep a nice sword with me. Never thought to do that. I had such a hard time in the Gerudo Desert because of that. I didn't. Really? Yeah. You're lucky. I was also one of the first places I went to. But there's also, to kind of segue into that, there's also my favorite divine beast, though, was the camel. Yeah, so, as we were talking about things that we were going to talk about and stuff like that, I think that's going to be most people's favorite divine beast. Yeah. I did like the camel. But, as far as, outside of the beast itself, the beast I had the most fun getting to was the one at Rita Lake. Uh, with the Zora. Yeah. With the uh, arrows and everything like that. I felt like with the electric arrows and be- riding on the back of Prince set on and stuff like that. I thought that was that sense of adventure and that sense that element was more amazing than all the other ones leading up to getting in the beast. So getting into the beast for the camel is also my favorite too, though, because you you have that whole thing of your uh you're uh, riding on the seal, shooting bomb arrows at his feet to like get in. That's super cool. I actually missed the hole on on the Rito, not the Rito, on the uh, elephant divine right. beast. I missed the whole Lionel and getting the the shock arrows because I already had enough shock arrows when I got. I wasn't talking about necessarily getting the shock arrows, but just that being on like in the lake, riding oh, yeah. on the uh, prince's back, and just and yeah. maybe because, like you said. You went to the desert first? Yeah. See, and I went to Zora's Lake. Zora's okay. I was going to ask first. where you went first, yeah. And that would make sense, because that's that yeah. first time you had that exciting element of like, yeah. oh my god, I have to do this extra stuff to get on here. Mm-hmm. And yeah. Although I do feel like the Rito one up in the... I was just going to say, that's the lamest yeah. story to get there. So you get there and like, oh yeah, pair that over here, fight no one, shoot some targets with your arrow to prove you're a hero. Right. <laughs> and then... And the person you're working with is like, I, I, he was such a bland personality compared to everybody else you were yeah. working with. Like, Poseidon, so. um, Poseidon, who I like call him Poseidon, because he poses. <laughs> oh, God. So it's Poseidon. <laughs> <laughs> he does those. He does these oh, things. No. <laughs> he does pose. No, no, so Chad. It's like if The Rock was a Zelda character, that would oh be this guy. No, so, so Chad's laughing because it sounds really cheesy. It is totally cheesy, but like there are these moments where he's talking to you he's and like, then he'll like strike a pose all of a sudden. Yeah. And, and his name is Sidon. Like, he's Pose Sidon. Oh my God, that was terrible. That was terrible. <laughs> Come on, that cannot, that has to be intentional on Nintendo's part though. There's no way that's too much. Yeah, if they're thinking pose, and if that's also in their Japanese language, they thought, oh, this is going to translate well to pose Sidon. Maybe it does translate well. Who knows? Mm. I'm, I'm going to be optimistic and think that in my cheesy <laughs> cheesy brain there, that, that works. <laughs> pose. Oh, my God. It's not going to get out of my head. Terrible. <laughs> it can't leave your head once you think of it. It's there. <laughs> moment of silence as Travis recollects his thoughts. <laughs> that was so bad. Anywho, I'm just, I was also trying to think of like some of the other elements as I was uh, remembering. The beasts are just really cool. I remember you had gotten to them a lot sooner and you were really looking forward to my thoughts mm-hmm. on them. The beasts are really cool. The puzzle of it all were really cool. I like how it was just one big puzzle you had to figure out. Right? Um, and trying to get all the chests... It really, really was a... Yeah, I really loved them all. Yeah, that was one thing that was impressive to me about this game is... I, I was... I was I can't remember what it was. I was watching this YouTube video of Mario games and how they scale difficulty. 
Mm-hmm. And it's and how they do it is there's a simple way to get through that, but if you want to get the star, it's a more complicated platforming you have to do. And the Divine Beasts are very much like that. To get the terminals in the Divine Beasts, the, the five terminals to get to the boss, not all of them are super difficult to get to, no. but to get all the chests, you, yes. you have to think outside the box and how that Divine Beast operates and works. And, and that's where it got fun. You realize you open up a chest and your inventory is full and then you can't get whatever's in that chest. <laughs> that was really annoying sometimes. <laughs> I wish it was, oh, it's very simple. I'll just have an option saying, hey, you don't have space. What do you want to replace? Ooh, that'd all be cool. That's all they had to do. And they were very nice. Or would you like to teleport you 30 seconds. back to like your house? Spoiler. Yes, I do have the house all decked out. It's I very do. important. You get free furniture too when you, when you finish it. You furnish the whole place for you. He's charging me to do that so far for, like, my stands and crap. Once you get through all the stuff you pay for, he's like, oh, cool, we'll furnish everything. We'll put, like, dressers, and we'll put, like, a table in there. And mm-hmm. Then he'll like, a real After you, like, still give up, like, 100,000 rupees. It's so. uh, it's um, 3,000 rupees and then, like, 1,300 to do all of the uh, yeah. additional stuff. Ridiculous. But if you look around the game enough, you'll you'll find the rupees. They're there. Oh, I know. There's so- lots of rupees in that game. But, mm-hmm. so, back to the Divine Beast, though. Uh, I think the camel and the elephant, I think, were kind of the two standouts. They were the standouts. The other two, um, well, the Goron one, the lizard was cool, but yeah, the wind one was kind of just like, okay. Yeah, that was the weakest of them. Yeah. The one thing the lizard did really excel at, though, is when you get in there for the first time, it's completely dark. Oh my ha- god, yes. Yeah, I forgot cool. about that. Yeah. It's probably my favorite moment like of the game. The eyes of the, um, what is the black stuff called again? Uh, malice. malice. You can yeah. just see like random malice eyes and stuff like that. Everything yeah. is in chat. I was like, oh yeah. yeah. That, was that was very cool. cool. And your flame, you have a blue flame uh, torch right. to get around. And it was just the whole thing. This game over cool. other games I felt handled darkness very, very well in a lot yes. of those respects. Where it really is, you see nothing other than just your character. Not like an extra light on the ground. Not like an extra hint of anything. It's literally just you see cool. Link. So can I, can I share something that's really cool about that Black Mass area. Right. So you find a Hinox mm-hmm. in there, and he has one of those uh, spheres that you put in a pedestal to like unlock the shrine. But that's the only light source <laughs> is that is that orb. So it's like, but I mean, it's attached to the Hinox. So it's like it's illuminating him, but you can kind of see where his wrinkles are and stuff. Oh, that's cool. It's really aesthetically cool looking. That's cool. Yeah. So if on that topic, of, like darkness looks awesome. That's like the best spot for yeah. it. And let me rephrase that. Like, you don't see Link when it's pure. It's literally just pure bark, uh, dark. Yeah. I just remember that. Like, yeah, you don't see anything. And mm-hmm. you have to try to figure that out. How did I do that the first time? Because I found the flame eventually. Oh, I think I had, like, a moblin weapon. Oh, like did a, you? Yeah. And I just would light that. Yep. Yeah. I Whenever I got into a scenario where I didn't have a, a wooden weapon or a torch, I would just take an arrow, <laughs> light it up, and then just keep it around. <laughs> to like Damn, hit. that's smart. Oh, my yeah. God. That's, I didn't that's what think I have about to that. do. Yeah. Forgot you could do that shit. So good stuff there. Were there any moments like weren't attached to a divine beast, weren't attached to a shrine, and you kind of came and you're like, oh, that was sick. That was really awesome. Oh, that's good. Uh, there's a lot of those in that game. There's so many small things you kind of run into. The very first time I came across on Lionel, it was <laughs> it wasn't part of the story yet, so it wasn't like I was in Zora. This is during my first playthrough before I started over the game. I was on the south end of the map where, yeah. like, the horse ferry and everything is at. And I just found it for the first time. I could not find that. Oh, really? It's yeah. so easy to find. It actually yeah. says in the map, like, Fountain of the Horse Ferry. Um, and I remember getting past the uh, riding 
training area where they're like, if you want to ride and shoot arrows, and they're like, oh, there's a horse god over there, go fight it. So I didn't know what it was. I didn't know what the horse god was. I just remember, they're like, yeah, sure. Getting on my horse, getting over, and seeing this centaur looking thing. I was like, what the fuck is that? And one arrow came and ended my life. <laughs> yep. And that was my first introduction to a Lionel. And I just it was like, mm-hmm. what is oh, done? Yeah. Um, so there's a lot of cool elements like that. Like the first time you come across the Talus and the Great Plateau. Yep. The first time you like really wake up the uh, Hanats. Like all those random, you're just trolling along, minding your business, and something out of nowhere. The Malduga. Yeah, and the desert. You're like, oh, okay, cool. Why is there a, like a pile of sand coming towards me? Right, like, or better yet, yeah. like all of a sudden, the top of my screen just says a name of something and the health bar, but I don't see anything. Uh, and then he comes right up in front of you. Yeah. <laughs> the module I always forget about, but I wish there was more like mini bosses because you get the Hinox, you get the Stalox. Is that what it's called? The oh, the the bone one, the bone, yeah. the Hinox, and then you get the the uh, the Talus, which there are a few variations of. But I kind of want a little bit more, and then I got to the desert, and there's Magdala, finally, which was kind of great. But I wanted—is it Magdala or is it's it... like Magdala or something? Yeah. like that. I wanted more mini bosses because I love those moments of you're kind of walking about and you just find one. And it's like, oh, the Hinox, should I approach it? There's some weapons on there I really want. Like, do I want to get that or not? The Talus, like, oh, do I could get so much ore? Or I can get, like, right. like you can get tons of, like, you get tons of rupees when you fight those things. I um, selling what you get. I kind of thought that at first, but, like, once you do certain things, does that automatically unlock skin colors in that game? Or is it just, like, colors. so... As you get further in the game, all of a sudden you start coming across like the silver moblins oh, yeah. and stuff like that. Yeah. Like as much as I would like to have seen more mini bosses, I felt like the variation on creatures also kind of helped things keep things fresh. Because I remember up in the snow mountains, I was like, "Oh, it's a silver moblin. It's still going to be weak. It's a moblin or a bacoblin. It's going to be weak." And it hit really me once tough. and ended my life. And I had like over thirteen hearts, and I was like, "What mm-hmm. the hell?" Mm-hmm. So I like that there's still that sense of progression in the game in other areas like once you yeah. get certain areas things still get harder but you i don't think there are like silver hinoxes though not silver hinoxes but like the silver lionel someone told me like silver s- lionels are tough you don't really see those till you beat like one of the beasts or all four beasts and they really start coming out more and more in the game yeah that's what i'm saying so it's like when you beat one beast does that automatically start triggering the game to start so making the progression i can tell better. you for a fact no okay because i'm my Oh, that's right. You I'm, just I'm, did the yeah, I'm playing challenge. now without. Do- well, I'm playing it also without doing the Divine Beast. That's one of my other runs I'm doing. And uh, right now, I have um, I have the black um, um, Bacoblins are, are out. Mm-hmm. So there's there's a type of version. I think it's based off of how many of a certain enemy you kill. Okay. Because I haven't killed like, any Lionels, and they're all still the normal. Okay, got gotcha. red Lionel look. That's why I was curious. Like, it's really cool how the game does still try to progress with you. Where yeah. after you've done so much work things will get harder. Well, it's kind of cool, too, because anywhere you go in the game, you can actually do that. There's nothing that's going to really hinder you. Like, you can really fight a Lionel at any point. Oh, yeah. Like, the real skill comes in from just you knowing how to fight them. Right. So you just kind of approach them a few times. So you can go anywhere you want to in the game, and you're pretty much okay. Although, if you haven't played a game, or if you're still going through that first run thing, uh, run through the game, and you see a Lionel, run. Don't yeah, fight run. It. Yeah, they don't are. fight it. Don't, uh, don't... I- <laughs> Don't in realize my, how much you suck. In my run where I had all my shrines and I leveled up completely, they are still really tough. 
there's it is still a battle you have to be like on edge for and they last longer than most boss battles do in the game and i think it's because you no matter even if you've got like the maxed power up uh attack skills and max power up weapons there's nothing that takes them out quickly no you literally just chipping away at their health bar the most effective method i've seen of killing them is um shooting them in the head with a, with a bolt arrow right will shock them and kind of stun them for a little while you can mount them and but even then, like, there's ways that like you can stun them and like keep them from attacking so much. But you're still just chipping away at their health. It's yeah. not like, oh, I got this really strong weapon. I'm gonna hit them a couple times, <laughs> and they're gonna die. Even like like fighting Ganon, like you're just kind of chipping away at health, and it's just how long can well how well can you last yeah. against all the attacks as you're chipping away at health. Yeah. So, because when I found when I fought the Malduga, and when I initially got out out of the sand using a bomb, and I had like mm-hmm. a high level weapon, yeah, and then also had this is after I beat the Desert Divine Beast, so I also had like uh, the lightning extra power. So I would just use a two handed mm-hmm. weapon, just turn a circle, and just at the end of that, that's such a good method against the, right. It yeah. killed it almost immediately. So I was yeah. like, that's easy. Doesn't that can't really do that with Lionel's though? They'll just take it. I'm like, okay, you got more. Like, yeah. if I still up on a Hinox, same thing. Urbosa's Fury, lightning, and then just. Right. Spin around him with your great sword and you're done. Right. Lionels are like, no, no, no. We'll still be here. So Yeah. Even if you did do that, it would take so much longer. Like, (laughs) so much Um, Yeah. So, while it would have been nice to have more mini-bosses, it's still good to know that there are those out there that progress with you in a way. Like, the Lionels are a good example where you have the red ones, and as you keep going, you come across the silver ones, and, um, Yeah. So. It's true even if you go back to the Great Plateau. Like, you start seeing silver bokoblins even on the Great Plateau. Oh, really? Yeah. So, they're, they're everywhere. Like, they follow you. Oh, so, wherever okay. you go... Well, that's cool. Yeah. Oh, that's, that makes up. Yeah. yeah, you can go Great Plateau have some good have some good times. That makes that whole level even. I think they still have, like, traveler swords and stuff, though. <laughs> which is really Yeah, funny. but because they're silver, they're stronger. They hit harder. Oh, yeah. Way harder. Because yeah. I've noticed that. Like, they had weak weapons. They hit way harder. Mm-hmm. So, yeah. I think it was uh, with a silver bokoblin despite whatever the sword itself will do, they'll still put six hearts of damage. Yeah. Depending on your armor and all that kind of stuff. But yeah. they, they, they destroy you. Yeah. But, stuff. so, I think that, for me, I think, it, big enemies, I guess, is one of the things they wanted to keep as a convention mm-hmm. of Zelda. It's like an important thing they wanted to have was like, you can go somewhere, but you might fight something very difficult and, and hard. Which I don't remember too much in the 3D Zelda games, but that was a thing in like the 2D ones, for sure. The big were enemies, there, I think, were more like the mid-dungeon bosses. Yeah. We're, so, like, in terms of those conventions, because I think the big deal with the Zelda game was... Well, before we get to the... Uh, oh, yeah, sorry if you have some... Yeah. There is one that, because we kind of skipped, uh, or at least maybe I skipped over. Yeah. When we talked about our personal stories, because you just asked oh, me yeah. in general. Yeah. So, and I talked to you about this, and I think I talked to Chad. I don't know if I talked to him about... Everybody, when you look online and you talk to people, everybody has that, I call it the Breath of the Wild moment, where you realize because of the mechanics and the physics in the game, you can do something that traditional games would not normally allow you to do. Yeah. Um, I feel like that's always going to be everybody's best personal story. For Mm -hmm. instance, there was a shrine that had, towards the end of it, these uh, spiked ball chains that swing. Yeah, I've been talking about this one. Yes. And... Theoretically, you're supposed to use the magnesis power and swing them one way. They swing the other. Physics. Ooh. Yay. Neil deGrasse Tyson would be happy. So, <laughs> I would always get past the first two, but the last one, 
for whatever reason, every time I swung it, it was always at an angle. So every time it would swing back, it would lock me off this. It would knock me off this uh, catwalk I was basically on. And yeah. I was getting really frustrated. Like I was in this shrine for way much longer than I needed to be. And I'm mm-hmm. like, why can't I get past these balls? And I thought it's one of those few moments where you're like, well, this game should allow me to do whatever I want. And all these balls that are hanging here have to be connected to something. Yeah. So I remember looking up, seeing that all the balls are on these um, beams at the top. And I was like, you know what? I wonder if this game is going to really let me just wrap this chain around these beams at the top <laughs> and just shorten the length that these balls are hanging. And sure enough, I did that. For like all four balls, I would just wrap them around the beam at the top. <laughs> and I was like, cool, done. I don't have to worry about well, all this funny, stuff. because you feel like you're breaking the game. But it's like, no, that is, that is the game. That is the game. That's yeah. how the developers want. They wanted people to have this experience. It's so different and so unique. Yeah. Uh, like the Lost Woods. I found out, apparently, I went through the Lost Woods the correct way. Mm-hmm. Um, you and a couple of our coworkers went through it a different, harder way. And I didn't understand why it was so hard for you guys to go through the Lost Woods. Because uh, normally the way the Lost Woods, big spoiler, that I feel like the developers try to lead you down the path of. Yeah. Is you're going through, you see all these like torches lit and stuff. And you're like, okay, I see where I'm supposed to go. And you get to a point where there are no more torches lit other than just like the opening area. And then you start walking. As you walk, you get lost. You get put back the to where you were. Right. circles you. And I remember thinking, well, they literally have a torch, an unlit torch lying on the ground. I wonder why. So I picked it up and I lit it and I'm walking with it. And I noticed that the flames would always change based on the wind pattern. Yeah. So I just followed whichever way the flame was blowing. Mm-hmm. And I got to the end of Lost Woods. And I was like, oh, that's easy. Everybody must have figured that out. And to come to find out both you and David Ramirez was like, yeah, no, that's not how I did it Yeah, at no. All. I did it by walking into the woods and be like oh the fog's about to get me now i'll walk back to the way and i'm not supposed to go that way it just process of elimination found my way through but yeah then the second time around i did it with the torch and it's suddenly so much easier right and like that's one of those uh great moments of the game it's like yeah there is a way that you're supposed to do things but the game is designed to make it feel like you're breaking it you're not but it is designed to make you feel like, oh, I found this random cheat or exploit. And you're like, no, you didn't. That's yeah, how the that game was is designed. To be that way. Like, yeah. You know, and people are like, oh, I got off the Great Plateau without having to get the paraglider by like jumping and using stasis on a rock and knocking off the plateau. I'm like, no, the game's designed to do that. You just mm-hmm. won't get very far after that. <laughs> but yeah, that's the best part about the game. Every time I fire it up, no matter what I'm doing, coming across something new, different, mm-hmm. still coming across 100 hours in. Still coming across stuff. Totally. Still finding things. Without a doubt, for an open world game, is the best best feeling. Like, I'm 100 hours in. I've unlocked my entire map. But even though I've unlocked the map, doesn't mean I've actually hit every part of that Exactly, land. exactly. Like, there was a point for me playing um, my No Divine Beast playthrough where I went to get the Master Sword, and I'm leaving, and I'm like, oh, there's this path I never noticed in the Korok Forest. And I go in there, I'm like, oh, it's a shortcut out of the Lost Woods. I had no Did, idea. I didn't know that was a thing. Yeah, there's this little shortcut, you walk in, there's a tree, and it's like this little sound that goes, walk into the, the mouth of the tree. And you walk in, and poof, you're back at the beginning of the Lost Woods again. It's super cool. I'm like, I didn't even know it was there. It's not like a game-changing experience, but it was kind of cool. It's like, oh, there's something I didn't know about. Yeah, and that's what, your second, third playthrough? Yeah, third playthrough. Yeah, third playthrough, and you're obsessed with it. You've been obsessed with it since day one. Third playthrough, and you're still finding stuff. I feel like that's always the marker of a great game. 
totally absolutely couldn't agree more i think that uh it was like my favorite personal story that that i have is also eventide island and that's my favorite place in the whole game it really is very fun you get there and the whole thing is that you you lose everything right you don't have your swords your armor uh, even your healing items i think are also gone if i remember right it strips you down to basically the runes yeah and i the first thing i find is the hinox and i'm like well obviously i can't fight him (laughs) because i have nothing right now i have like a traveler sword i found on the beach (laughs) and then i'm like well i'll avoid him i'll go up this hill and i'll see what's up there it's a little cobble camp well i didn't realize that i did wake up the hinox and he was following me up the hill. <laughs> so, so I have a traveler sword. I'm trying to kill these Bokoblins really fast so I, can take, so I can get their weapons and fight the Hinox. And I ran out of weapons fighting the Hinox. I didn't have enough to, to hurt him. Were you playing on pro mode? Because didn't it tell you still that the Hinox didn't it give you its life bar if it's following you? Uh, it, no, it, it gets close enough. To oh. you. Yeah. So, so you were far enough away, but it was close enough that it was still following you. Yeah. Gotcha. So I get up there, or maybe I didn't even see it. I don't remember. All I know is that all of a sudden I'm like, "Fuck!" There's the Hinox that following <laughs> me, and I didn't have enough items to 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 kill him. They all broke. I had a tree branch still, which I'm like, "That's not going to do anything against the Hinox." What I ended up doing is using Magnesis and grabbing these metal boxes and just like whacking <laughs> like across the face with it. And then eventually the boxes break, so I took this rock that was there, like one of those big boulders, <laughs> and I just used stasis and hit it with the tree branch <laughs> into the Hinox. Like I was timing it, like, oh, he's going this way. I'm going to get on this side of the rock and hit him that way. And, it was, and I, I did it. I ended up killing him. Most satisfying kill I've ever had in the game. Literally have nothing but these boxes and a rock. Make it happen. <laughs> so that was that was a blast. That was probably my favorite personal like moment in that game. And that's why, like I said, I probably, when I get to Eventide Island, the moment that my Switch comes back, which I count down every second now, um, <laughs> I'll probably go through that and do it a little differently. I'm like, oh, yeah, yeah just what Holden was talking about. So maybe I'll just do this. I don't know. Yeah. But that's the cool thing is like no one's journey. So remember, we had that Zelda chat, and I actually kind of felt like an asshole when I kept saying, hey, guys, let's not talk so much about things further on the game because you and one of our other coworkers are so much further yeah. than me and a few other guys. But now we can do it because now everybody's at that same point. But I'm like, yeah. now it makes sense when everybody's like, oh, because when I got to this point, I did something completely different from the rest of you guys. And if I yeah. knew how to do it, it would have changed that experience. For me. Yeah. yeah. And that's all I was like, I really like enjoying discovering things for myself in a way. I mean, and mm-hmm. still asking you guys how to do it maybe later on. But it was like, yeah. oh, well, I did it in this completely random way of doing it. Yeah, it's it's amazing how much different the experiences are from person to person. Even going to the whole uh, Divine Beast, uh, the Elephant Divine Beast, and people got how they got into it, uh, some people didn't know that you could use the the uh, Chronosis effect to break the ice blocks when it was using arrows. And Wait, can, what? Yeah, you can use the Chronosis. I was shooting arrows at it. Yeah, you can you can use the Chronosis. <laughs> and everyone's like, I wasted so many arrows. So I'm thinking, why did you use arrows? Like, because like, that wasn't you, my, like, that wasn't my, I didn't even how think I about it, but it makes perfect sense. They're the perfect square for it. Yeah. Crap, I wasted so many arrows. <laughs> and uh, I'm so upset now. But it's kind of cool because now I'm kind of glad I didn't share like my story with them because they had to figure it out their own way. Right. And it's kind of like, oh, crap, this giant icebox is coming at me. What am I going to do? I'll, I'll shoot an arrow at it. Because like, you just you have to think in the moment. But if I if everyone was sharing their experiences... I feel like Chad being in this room as we talk about this, we're giving him way too many like hints about things when he eventually gets oh, I've to play. I've been on social media campaigns. <laughs> Chad also has a terrible memory. He won't know any of this. <laughs> Good. Yeah. The memory I'm... of an elephant. It's terrible, oh. right? I think they so have really upset good that you said that. Oh my God, I'm so upset that you said that. 
Yeah, why didn't I use cryonesis to like, damn it? So mad. Makes yeah. perfect sense. Oh yeah, there's all so those many sm- arrows lost. There's so many small things in that game that add up. And that's yeah. So now we can go into like talking about what we're changing because as we're Yeah, the, the convention changing and all that. Way to go into the next area is like how um this game changed the way Zelda games and really let's be honest, just is Nintendo's always great at putting out games, especially the launch games that just change gaming. Period. Yeah. And this is going to be that game for the next generation. This definitely is going to change the game, period. But yeah, let's talk about how it changed the conventions and how everything is so different now. Mm -hmm. Um, The first game-breaking convention compared to past Zeldas is a jump button. Yeah. Uh, When I talked about this earlier, I was was trying to play... Not trying. I was playing uh, Ocarina of Time on my 3DS... Because my Switch is in the shop. So I was like, alright, cool. I'm going to go back and enjoy some old school Zelda. And I immediately was pushing like the X button. Mm-hmm. <laughs> trying to jump. And I was like, oh yeah, that's not a thing on this. And to think that Zelda has mm-hmm. gone 30 years without a jump button. And now... in Well, we got to count Rock's Feather. Uh, well, do we? That's a, ju- that's a jump button. Uh, okay. It's a jump button. It's not in every game. But for the 3D games, totally the first time. Yes. Yeah, um, yeah most of the 2D top-down games did have some kind of like... Jump mechanic, jump yeah. mechanic, yeah. But yeah, that's a huge difference. Like it really oh, yeah. does make. Well, it didn't even hit me. Like I'm like, oh yeah, no current time you jump because you hit the jump button. Like <laughs> right. no, you jump because you <laughs> run the gap. Yeah, there's a gap. You run to the gap, you jump. And if his gap's too far, you fall. If not, he'll catch it. And I'm like, there are so many times too that like I would be I had the reverse where I'd be Breath of the Wild and I'm like, oh, I'm gonna go jump off this. I'll just walk <laughs> off of it. <laughs> I forgot there was a jump button. <laughs> A friend of mine posted on Facebook, like, jump button? What's that? This is Zelda. What do I need to know the jump button for? <laughs> um, but that's one of the biggest conv- uh, changes. And then, of course, the narrative structure, which makes sense for being open world. Yeah. Um, the lack of... I'll, I'll, I'll be honest. The Divine Beasts aren't dungeons. It's hard to they call them dungeons. a boss. Yes. Excuse me while I pee. Um... <laughs> Oh, Page Boy, can I also have some water? <laughs> okay. Um, Chad's it, the Page Boy for this, he is for this page podcast. Uh, but I can't really call them dungeons because it's just, it was like taking the shrines, and some of those shrines are really long. So taking the innovative thinking of the shrines to get past all the little terminals and a boss. Yeah. I, we're going to talk about what we want in the next Zelda games in a little bit. But like in terms of the Divine Beast. Is that a convention change, or is that something that's like specific to this game? I mean, that's specific to this game. I can't say yeah. it's a convention change. So I'd say the convention change would be like the lack of proper dungeons. I'm curious how that plays out in the future because they, when they announced this, and they was like, "Hey, we're going to change the conventions of Zelda. You can do the dungeons in any order you want to." That was like a big change there, but there aren't really dungeons. Like the shrines are like middle mini dungeons, kind of, but. But to be fair, There's no this wasn't dungeon. the first game where you could do that. I mean, obviously, the very first Zelda you can do, yeah. technically, in any way. But um, A Link Between Worlds, they yeah. gave you all the items up front. So as much as everybody's like, oh my god, it sucks that there's not progression, and they just gave me all the items. Like, well, if you play A Link Between Worlds on 3DS, like, you rent all the items right off the back uh, front of the game. I Page love that, though. Here. Well, thank you, Page Boy. <laughs> You're welcome. Uh, Page Boy, can I have some more <laughs> Fuck you! <laughs> this is room temperature! I need ice cold! Um. <laughs> <laughs> I'm getting wet now. <laughs> 
as is the case whenever Chad's around. Um. <laughs> 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 uh, but yeah, like A Link Between Worlds was very much unconventional and let you go to any dungeon and give you all this stuff right off the bat. So when everybody's like, oh, I wish the boomerang was more relevant and it did stuff, I'm like, yeah, but if you've really been playing Zelda games, they've already been testing that. Yeah. And it's okay that it's not a big item at the end of the dungeon right now. Mm-hmm. I've also kind of liked getting to a dungeon or a shrine and knowing I could do it, I just had to figure it out. And there wasn't a moment of like, oh, I'll, I'll come back. It never happened. There was never a moment of like, oh, I'll come back. Unless it was like I couldn't beat because like the lineup was too strong or something like that. But that's a totally Or a major thing. test of strength. Yeah. <laughs> <laughs> so there was never a moment where I, I felt like I needed to like turn back. I could always go forward as a result. So I think it helps the progression right. more than it hurts it at all. Um, and that's how I felt. And I know we'll get more into like areas where people was more controversial with some of the things. But um, the story, it doesn't have a more traditional... Well, I I can't really say more traditional, because what's considered traditional? Are we going by what most gamers, I guess, nowadays, since I'm obviously more on the older end, but most gamers I remember, okay, yeah, I know there's a Zelda Super Nintendo. My first one was Ocarina of Time, and it had this, like, beautiful story, and I played all these other Zelda games since then, and they have these epic stories, even, like, A Link to the Past had this epic story. I'm like, but I remember in the late 80s playing Zelda... Yeah, there was a story there, but it's like, hey, kid, here's this sword. Have fun. And you're just like, okay. And that's just going what this out. Is. Yeah. Like, this is a, that's what this one is. It's not... It's a kind of a combination of both, though. Because the story is absolutely there. There is a story. If you want to follow it. Right. It's completely yeah. optional. And yeah. by that, if anybody doesn't know what that means, it truly is, and Holden will attest to this, going, doing things for a night, not fighting the Divine Beast and stuff like that. Uh, yeah. Completely optional. Your only one goal in this open world game is defeat Ganon. Mm-hmm. however you do that that's well, the only goal that was one of my favorite parts of doing my th- third run not to the Divine Beasts it's kind of like oh yeah I can go anywhere I can do anything I want to I want to go shrine in Gerudo Desert I'll go to the shrine in Gerudo Desert if that's what it's going to take to train and get better to fight Ganon like I'll do it like because that's part of my journey in this game right or you can just not do that and go straight to the castle more more so than any other Zelda game the gameplay is the story it's always been the thing of Zelda is the gameplay is the story but it's always been like the gameplay between this cutscene, this cutscene is the story. Right. Whereas this is like the gameplay. Just you going and playing is the story. And honestly, I know my thought process might be a little different than others. But that's how I felt when it's... After I did my first Divine Beast and you start doing some side quests and you just start talking more to the people, I felt like more and more stuff, like story-wise, started really picking up. And I really just started talking... Really enjoyed talking to people to see, oh, what do you have to say? Or what... You have to say about what may have happened in the past and stuff like that. And that's where it became my favorite Zelda game, is that the world itself and the story like of that world is so much cooler than other Zelda games. Yeah. Like, there is a story to this world. There is, a hundred years ago, shit went down, Ganon won, and you had well, a retreat. he really won, he just, Link got his ass beat. Yeah. <laughs> yeah. That was actually sad. When you finally get that locked memory, like, oh, wow, he just really got his ass beat. Oh, yeah. Not even fighting Ganon. That's the worst part. Oh, spoiler. Just, but not yeah. even fighting Ganon. Just fighting the Guardians got his ass beat. Yeah. Yeah, so stuff like that. Finding those uh, lost memories. Finding all this other stuff. Um, I don't know. Just, just the game, like you said... The dungeons may not be traditional. The whole game is just a dungeon, I feel like. Everything about it is just like new elements, new ways of interacting, coming across things, uh, learning about 
the dragons. I remember when they first showed that trailer in Japan. They showed like the, the dragon so cool. running across, and they're like, "Oh my god, is this a spoiler alert? Is this going to be Volga or something from the?" And he turns out, "Nope, it's not." And the oh man, they even really fight them. They're kind of friendly entities. You're they just are. kind of use, you, you're utilizing them as a resource, like everything else in the game. Question. So this kind of goes back to your favorite parts. Because the thing about now that I'm having this talk is I'm just a lot of stuff that's gonna come to my head. I'm like, oh, I love that. What was the first dragon you saw, and what was your thought process when you saw it? I had seen some of the distance. Right. Like, I saw uh, Dinral in the distance, I saw Farosh in the distance, and I was kind of like, ooh, I can't wait to find out about them at some point, because I don't really know what they're for. And then I went to Lanaru, the Lanaru Mountain, and that's mm-hmm. where Nedra is, and at first I'm like, oh, I'm going to fight this dragon, and then you're fighting him by taking the malice off, and then I realized what I actually like had to do. So I kind of naturally kind of came about what to do. That I don't really have any thoughts ahead of time. So the Lanaru dragon is funny because that's an area that's all like super blizzardy, and you're like, oh, I'm just gonna randomly keep walking around. Oh my god, there's this thing here. Yeah. <laughs> um, the game is really good at hiding stuff. Uh, I remember the first time it was my very first playthrough. I went south. Uh, is that Lake Hylia that's south? When you went um, across the bridge? No. No, Lake Lake Hylia is like south. That's what I'm saying. Yeah, but so it's southish. So directly south is the grasslands where the Lionels are. Before you get there, though. Yeah. Before you get there, it's Lake Hylia. No, it's literally like south is the like Tabahan grasslands or something like that. Oh. It's, oh. Like, it's like southeast. Yeah. Yeah, close, southeast. Yeah. But there's a. Um... I remember going across the long bridge. Let's and there's like the map. And <laughs> yeah, was, the map that neither one of us have up in front of us right now. Um, I remember going across the long bridge and you had the Lizafos. That was the first time I came across the Lizafo and stuff like that. And it was at night and the music kicked in to like that nice, like majestic music. And you're like, what's going on? And Farouche just came out of the lake. Oh, and I that's was like, so cool. What the hell is this? And he just couldn't stop, uh, do anything but just stand there and watch the fact this giant, Dragon came out of the lake, just like, hey, what's going on? What's up, buddy? And I didn't know what it was. I didn't know I could, like, shoot at it. I didn't know. <laughs> I was just like, am I going to fight that? Is it going to attack me? Because I think Farouche, yeah. I don't know if all the dra- I can't remember for all the dragons, but I know Farouche, lightning's around him. Mm-hmm. So if you're too close, you're going to get shocked. And you assume that he's attacking you, other than just being this divine beast that just happened to have lightning around him. Mm-hmm. So, yeah, that was one of my, like, that moment of, like, the first time you come across the dragons, you're like, Wow, these are awesome. The dragons are really cool too, especially when you figure out like, oh, at this time they're here. There's a certain point where you need they, to yeah. like use the scales to level up certain uh, equipment. Or I found out after playthrough, and I'm yeah. like, I've already beat the game, so now I don't mind like looking more stuff up. Oh, yeah. uh, that's how you can get like 30 minutes on. Yeah, yeah, like so if you have a if you have a fang, I think you have, like a, if you have a fang. If you so make a finger horn, yeah. If you uh, yeah, finger horn, you make a, a potion or an elixir, and it's like its effects are massive in time frame. I think it's like ten minutes. There's a twenty minute, and then there's a thirty minute. Yeah, it's a thirty minute. Yeah. Like so, you can have like a speed buff, a stealth buff, a defense buff, or a strength buff for thirty straight minutes. Yeah. Considering how the speedrunners can beat the game in forty minutes, that says for if you really want to, for most of your gameplay, you'd have a buff. And That's you can do awesome. it pretty quickly, too, because Lake Hylia is very close to the Great Plateau. You just take a slight detour, you yeah. get that buff, and you might make it up if you use the Haste Elixir, as an example. Yeah. So, but yeah, I didn't mean to get too sidetracked when we were talking about, like, the story and everything like that. I just remember... No, you're totally good. Uh, 
the first time I saw a dragon, I was just like, oh, yeah, it's one of the most awe-inspiring things in that game. Yeah. So, anywho. In terms of, like, going back to the whole conventions thing, I was thinking a lot about how Link Between Worlds was a gigantic tease for the convention changes we got in Breath of the Wild. Like, more so than just, like, the... Uh, doing the dungeons in the order you want to, but if you even look at like they're kind of shrines almost in Link Between Worlds, or all these like little kind of separate dungeon areas outside of the main dungeons, you have to figure out. Like there are not nearly as many shrines as right. there are shrines. But there's like four of these areas in Link Between Worlds where you have to use your sand rod in a creative way mm-hmm. to like navigate around to get like 300 rupees. I do remember that, yeah. There's also uh, making potions and stuff by getting monster parts and going to... That's right. Going it to, did happen in that yeah. game. So there's yeah. all these little things that are like, oh, that's that's in Breath of the Wild. Oh, they really try to set us up very well with Link Between Worlds. Yeah, because there's no other Zelda game that you just get random monster parts and use that for potions and stuff, is I there? I think Skyward Sword. But I think that was more to level up your like shield and oh, stuff. Oh, yeah, I forgot about that certain monsters. Hmm. That was pretty cool. And they're literally called like monster guts. Yeah, and I remember. And one of them, the, it looks like, it's like a purple like gut and it looks just like the like, Bacoblin guts in Breath of the Wild. They look exactly the same. Tricky, tricky Nintendo. Very tricky. So I kind of, I really want to go back and play Link Between Worlds now and <laughs> yeah, see right? like, oh, like what else was a gigantic tease? Because there's a lot Because they've stuff, been saying yeah. that. I remember like, because obviously... Breath of the Wild was already in development when they were yeah. working and ending a link between worlds. So they were already saying, this is what we want to do in this game, so let's put it in this one and see how it's going to fare well. Yeah. So. So, I think we both like the game a lot. I think that's pretty clear. Well, Holden may be more than most, but yes, I really enjoyed the game. <laughs> uh I think we can skip the whole, like, what path did you take, because it sounds like we kind of already talked about that. But, like, were there anything you disliked about it? Anything you would change? Much like everybody else at first, I would say the weapons at first. Mm-hmm. Um, like the durability aspect? The durability. But after a while, I liked it. I liked it. It forced me to think. Mm-hmm. Because I know some people are like, oh, it'd be great. Like Even the Master Sword is unbreakable, but it's breakable. Because yeah. if you use it too much... Depends on who you use it against. Depending on who you use it against, yeah. if you use it too much, it will quote-unquote break but it just says it needs to be recharged yeah. luckily the recharge time on that's only like 10 minutes yeah it's really um, cool it's really quick. quick but i like that especially later on in the game when you start coming across all these things it kind of makes you go well, what would be the smartest way to go about this mm-hmm. person because i would have really big two-handed weapons and i was like i could just murder stuff but I would fight things that were a lot faster than those two-handed weapons. And I was like, "Yeah, this would be a good time for a spear or a one-handed sword. Mm-hmm. So I like the fact that the durability forces you to like play with the type of weapons you have, um, how they work. Because then it would be like, where is the fun? It's a loot system. At the end of the day, the game is nothing more than a giant loot system. Oh, totally. And what yeah. would be the fun of doing that exploration if you already had everything you literally need within the first couple hours. Like, oh, yeah. here's your Master Sword and Shield, so there's really no reason to go and mm-hmm. travel across the land looking for stuff because you have the best things in the game. Absolutely. And so I like that. I like that aspect of... At first, the durability system, it seems like a negative because you like that sword. You want right. to keep that sword, but you just kind of forget it, and you're like, no, I don't need that sword. I will find another sword. I'll find a better sword, maybe. Uh, there was still an element of surprise too, even though some of the swords were the same. Where like you get 
a sword that had more like more durability or yeah, more attack I wasn't power. Expecting that. So there was there was reasons to like go out and find these items still. My only complaint about the weapon system is really that there weren't enough one handed swords. Yeah. I really wanted there to be more, more one handed swords. There were so many two handed weapons. To be fair though, I mean one of the strongest co- swords in the game is the master sword, and once you get it, it's like really the only one handed weapon you it's need. It's not even the strongest sword it's in the not. game. It's not. The strongest the strongest sword in the game uh, I found at Hyrule Castle. It's a double uh two handed sword. Uh, it's uh, royal. No, it's no. A, a royal. Um, what was it? Royal greatsword or something like that. Was well, two two-handed and weapons are always gonna be stronger than one-handed weapons. It, it was, but also had an attack adjustment on oh, it as God. well, and it was like 102, and that's 40 attack points higher than the master sword. That's a significant. True. Which jump. it makes one of the things that it's also very brittle though. Even though we're supposed to be talking about the things we didn't like, but it also makes it show goes to show. You don't need the Master Sword in this game, yeah. other than the fact that it is a convention, but at no point in time to say you have to have it to get rid of them. No, like in my three heart challenge run, I can't get the Master Sword. Right. So I just I'm just fighting him. Uh just things uh alright, let me really think. There are a couple things that really kind of bother me at times that I didn't like. And a lot of it, I guess though, a lot of it has to do with how much time you've put into the game. Because much like the durability, the inventory system, which I knew could grow. And expand exponentially, but at the beginning, you're like, this sucks. Well, if you go out and find a couple Koroks, which are actually really easy to do... Super easy. quickly fix that, and that gets remedied. Like, then all of a sudden... Yeah. Oh, I have so many places for my swords. I have so many ways to hold my shield. Um, What is a part? I'll let you go first. I really have to think about this. I actually would say that... The shields never broke. I like my shields almost never. Oh, broke mine did. I maybe I wasn't using them enough, but in my current playthrough, I have not upgraded my bows or my shield inventory slots at all because I just don't feel like I need to. Bows my, in particular ne- never go out. My shields broke, so I used them more, uh, or they were caught on fire, yeah. or I was trying to be the. Oh, I figured out how to reverse the guardians i was just gonna say yeah so i'm gonna go ahead and do a guardian reverse and i messed that up and it completely shattered my shield yeah so i have gone through a lot of shields that way yeah <laughs> it's the only way is i wanted to get good at like uh, uh pairing uh, the guardians yeah, pairing like, the dark shields, yeah. like yeah all right cool but you mess up that parry your shield is gone oh yeah and um, um i fought a lionel and the only shield i had was like the the pot lid because <laughs> <laughs> all my shields broke and i'm like this is useless <laughs> like, this is gonna do nothing at all sorry if you know how to parry though Perry off surprisingly will bounce everything back. Yeah, um, no, matter, no matter the shield. No matter. Alright, even though I haven't done it, mm-hmm. the reward for getting all the Korok seeds, <laughs> that's disappointing. <laughs> I think this is Nintendo's way of saying, don't collect these idiots, you just waste right. your time. It's like, because I think someone uh, equal to that, you only need like 400 to actually max out everything you need, so mm-hmm. getting 900 is like stupid. And pretty much you get golden shit. Um, which, if you're an American Dad fan, is one of the most ultimate ways of fuel in the universe. <laughs> Sheikah sensor. That, uh, the um, shrine sensor, I mean. When it beeps when you're coming up to a shrine, I didn't know how to turn it off at first. Oh. Oh my god, that drove me insane. I'm like, alright, I can see it. I'm walking up <laughs> to it right now. You can stop beeping at me. Alright, so one thing I didn't like. I wish it was a bit more fine-tuned. Like, there's another extra update for the Sheikah Shrine Finder. Because I hate when you're walking and it goes off. 
and you're trying to turn to see where it's going to ping harder, you yeah. go in that direction, and then mm-hmm. it's all of a sudden stops pinging as much. You're like, where, where the hell is this shrine? You're trying to look at your map, trying to figure oh out, yes. like, where's this shrine? I know it's here. Why can't I find it? Why can't I see it? And I know a lot of it has to do with exploration, but there's times where it was just so fucking frustrating when you're like, oh, it's behind a fucking waterfall that I can't see. Got it. I had one moment that drove me absolutely insane. Uh, this is when I did my all the shrines in, in a run through, and I had like a ten left, and I'm just like fuck it, I'm looking it up. And I'm just gonna see where they are on a map because I'm not combing this whole map again to, right. like, to find these last ten. And there are a few where I'm like, okay, it's right here. I'm gonna go right there, and I'm gonna find it very easily. And I'm like, where the hell is this shrine? No idea. I turn the sensor on, and I'm walking all over the place finding it, like trying to play hot or cold, and like I'm it's getting hotter, it's getting hotter, it's getting hotter. It's cold. Right. What? Like, like what, what happened? What? Turns out I was on top of a mountain, and it was on the bottom of the mountain. Right, I was like, can so you like, give me something for elevation? It, there's no track for elevation at all. I would say that was it, because you know one of the spawn points for Ferocious uh, mm-hmm. Dragon, there is a shrine there, and it's under a waterfall. And when I was in that area before, I remember oh, walking I around. Yeah, yeah, I remember walking around, and like my stuff was pinging, so I opened up my map. I was like, all right, I'm going to put a little icon here, because I know I should come back to this later and figure yeah. it out. So I went back there, and it took me like 20 to 30 minutes to figure out where the fuck that shrine was. I, and it's because it was on a lower level behind a waterfall. I just happened upon that shrine. <laughs> I'm like, oh, I'm going to go up on the top over there. I'm going to I'm gonna use my Zora armor to go up the waterfall. So I was paragliding towards it, and I'm like, I'll just kind of paraglide up to the waterfall, then drop into the water. I paraglide through the waterfall, and I'm like, oh, there's a shrine in here. This is right. awesome. Like, okay. Because there's like no lights or anything that hints that there's a shrine behind this waterfall. And that's why I was like, Okay, that was annoying. Yeah. Um, I think the voice acting wasn't super great. It wasn't awful. It didn't bother me, but it wasn't fantastic. And I to the point where I wish they just didn't do it at all. Because or I wish I had an option for the Japanese track. Well, my my complaint is that they would do this voice acting segment where they meet the guy and he's like, "Oh, hello! It's so great to meet you." Cut away from voice acting segment where he talks about the stuff that really matters. Oh, that's what you're saying. And I'm like, yeah, why like, did you bother with that voice acting segment? It You could have taken it out completely, and the story of the game would have been exactly the same. Yeah, the emotion and everything of the game doesn't really change. As Yeah, I see what you're saying. Because you're like, yeah, voice acting, I'm excited. And you get like two seconds of it, and you're like, that's it. Or you get a lot of input going, hmm? Mm-hmm. Hmm? But they, mm-hmm. I can tell they put a lot of time into the voice acting, though. I came across this moment where, talking about like the whole um, Sidon quest where you're mm-hmm. going... You're going up to the Zora's domain, and you have to fight all the Lazafos on the way. Right. I found a way to bypass. <laughs> I found a way to bypass it completely, and so I ended up getting Zora's domain without having done any of that. And I get to uh, King Dorfin, and Sidon is there, and he's like, "Oh, well, Hylian, thank God we found you." In the voice acting, he's saying this. Oh, nice. As if I've never met him before. Uh, there was no like, "Oh, this is a cutscene I shouldn't be seeing" because I kind of broke the game. Like it knew what I had done. Oh. So they put a lot of time into the voice acting. That changes but, some things. Yeah. Huh. I should try some things now. But there, but it, like outside of that, there wasn't. Yeah, there's not, there's not as much voice the... acting in there as you think there should yeah. be. Um. The Ganon fight was kind of weak. It's epic in scale and amazing. At the end of the day, with all that they've kind of built up to, like calamity ganon what calamity ganon is when you see like the pig form cloud and everything but man i'm gonna get there this fight's gonna be amazing and then you see a uh, brundle fly drop to the ground and you're like oh that's it oh i loved ganon's design i thought it was awesome 
I, it makes sense from the story if you want to get into like a lot of the theories about the story. It makes sense, but I'm like, it's Brundlefly <laughs> from The Fly. I think I'm <laughs> dating myself. So it's Jeff Goldblum's character from The Fly when he comes out later on, oh, just looks okay. like a pile of shit. So. <laughs> That's how I felt when I saw it again. I was like, that's it? I wanted to have epic sword fighting and have the dodge and parry and all the shit like I'd done with Lionel's with like a actual bodied Ganon. I'm like, no, I'm fighting Brundlefly. I think for me, so I, I've heard this complaint a lot, which is that you get to Ganon, he's too easy to fight. I guess my argument against that is the whole point of the game is making the fight as easy as possible. Yeah... So you can go there earlier if you want a harder challenge. You chose not to. But is it really harder? It or is. Or is it just he it, has more health? He Oh, yeah, that's fair. He has more health. Right. But... His attack patterns are still the same. If you So if you do the boss rush version where you just go in and fight all four, divine, yeah. uh, all four bosses and then fight him, that's hard. Yeah. Um, you have to prepare. Like, you have to make sure you have the right stuff going in, and it's difficult. Did you find out why Link doesn't talk? Yes, I did. Okay. Yeah. So, I didn't notice. I had to look this up in the video. They actually do explain why Link doesn't talk in the game. Only in this one, though. Not Only in this of, one, yeah, but it's kind of cool. Um, I, liked it. I liked it. Yeah, it was really cool. I'm not going to explore that. That's one of those things. Like, it is in the castle. You do have to work for it. But, it, yeah. Do you yeah. also... There's also... Uh, did you find the King's Diary? I think so. Yeah, the, the King has a diary in there as well. Yeah. That was pretty cool. Um, what else did I not really like so much? I'm trying to think. There's, I know it's funny. If I had the game in front of me and I was playing it, probably does. I'd probably be able to find something. Like, oh, I hate this. But like I said, most of it kind of correct. Not that it corrects itself. It becomes easier and makes sense later on. When mm-hmm. you first leave the Great Plateau and you have a limited amount of swords and a limited amount of shields, and you're just cursing to the fucking heavens that. Why does everything have to break? Why do I not have enough stuff? And then you find the Korok seeds, and you find this and that. And you're like, oh, why have so much stuff now? Did I pretty much just trade like, oh, is this better than what I have? Nope, and then walk away. Like, So, I don't know. I can't. The lack of a dungeon. There we go. I'm going to go with the cliche answer. The best dungeon in the game is Hyrule Castle. Yeah, I would agree with that, absolutely. Outside of that, there's no traditional dungeon. I wouldn't say traditional. There's no good, full-on dungeons. Let's actually segue into, like, I guess a good segue into, like, what's next for Zelda, then. Because a small tidbit of that is the DLC that's coming out. Right. Which is going to be a new dungeon. What does that look like? Are we going to get... They did say dungeon. Yeah, they did say dungeon. Well, they they also said beforehand, you can do the dungeons in any order you want to, which turned out to be Divine Beast. So it could be, like, another Divine Beast, or it could be... Like a legitimate From the dungeon? From story standpoint, that wouldn't make sense for another Divine Beast, though. No, it wouldn't. But I'm just saying as an example, like, would we get something unique like that? Mm-hmm. Or are we going to get a traditional dungeon? We're getting the Cave of Ordeals. Yeah, that's going to be interesting. It's going to be very interesting, which will just be, like, a giant dungeon you get to go into. So we're kind of getting that a little bit. But we're not getting the traditional, like, Water Temple. Um, which, I, I'm hoping know. we get something like that. Uh, as far as what I would like to see for the future, I think the biggest, and I joked about this earlier... Mar- uh, not Mario. Um, Nintendo's already given us a hint for the future of Zelda with Mario Kart. You know, the fact that the Master Sword is a motorcycle. It's going to happen. Mode? It's going to happen. Wait, Zelda what? Zelda Battle Mode? Zelda Battle <laughs> Mode. It's going to happen. Uh, Actually, I think... it does ha- there is a Zelda Battle Mode. I know. In Between Worlds, there's a there Battle is a Mode. Zelda Battle <laughs> um, I think the future should be... Because they already said they're going to go with the open-air concept. Yeah. 
fully support that. It, it couldn't happen. I want to see more Hyrule Castle-like areas. So mm-hmm. Hyrule Castle is so beautifully done, mm-hmm. despite all the murkiness, with like how many areas you can go into. There's basements, there's kitchens there's bedrooms there's all these other elements that are truly in a castle they are completely optional you don't have to go through any of them you can skip literally every room in right but i'm like obviously though it shows that they can put that type of depth and intricate detail into a building Mm -hmm. um i would like to see more of that like maybe castles or dungeons or something like where you really get to explore them as well as you get to explore the outside space if you have to reduce the overall map to give us like six to eight places that I'm we have to go in that. and truly explore, I would be game for that. I'd actually rather have that because like, the towns are very cool and stuff, but I want to go to an area where it's like, oh, I just walked over here and there's this gigantic hole in the ground and there's like a path that like kind of goes down it. And, like, ooh, what's down there? Like, there weren't moments like that really right. in the game where you kind of stumble upon something like massive in, in, in the world. Whereas dungeons have always kind of been like that. Like, in, um, to the princess, you're in the desert, and you look across and you see, you see the, the arbor's ground. Arbor's ground. And you're like, ooh, I'm I need to head there. I'm heading there right now. Or the mansion in the, the snow cliffs. One of the best dungeon ideas ever. Like totally, long, yeah. The last time I didn't realize I was in a dungeon, I was like, oh, I'm really just kind of in this mansion. Oh, this is actually a dungeon. Okay, <laughs> cool. I thought I was just chilling in the mansion. Mm-hmm. Um, but something like that, where it doesn't always have to necessarily That's be a dungeon, but yeah. you can do that type of thing. I don't know if you would if it would ever really work if you kind of like find the forest temple or the fire temple or like I don't know if that would work necessarily um I read a I like I said I follow and a lot of stuff and they made a good point like as much as people want to say the story is weak the story is not weak mm-hmm. it's limited and it's entirely optional but it's not weak the problem is though when you're offering an open world game that's truly open there's no barriers there's no areas that say you can't go here until you get this far how do you make a compelling story out of that? Yeah. So it will be interesting to see if they can... I think they have to go the Majora's Mask route. Dress that. And just have the, the characters in that world have their own stories that kind of build up to the but story. But even in Majora's Mask, though, you can go. You couldn't go to other areas without still yeah. going to yeah. the south first. Then you can go west mm-hmm. and stuff like that. You still were locked into a specific mm-hmm. path. Yeah. Um, like, when I was thinking about one of the, my favorite open world games Red Dead Redemption you're still locked into certain paths until you progress so far in the story mm-hmm. so Zelda it was very amazing what they were able to do like no you can literally go do whatever the hell you want yeah um, so we're gonna make the story completely optional this actually reminds me of a, of a gripe I have with the game and that kind of terms of like you can do anything you want to not exactly there are some limitations to that so like I went to the Green other Green than a great plateau yeah that's what I'm okay. saying yeah so like I went to I think it's a great idea, the Great Plateau. That was yeah. brilliant. But when you go to Gerudo Desert, I'm like, oh, on my way, I'll go to the Eco Clan and I'll get the Thunder Helm, so I can just go right in. They block off the entrance to the Eco Clan hideout. You can't not go in until you go to the Gerudo Desert and uh, and talk to Riju to, to give her the mission to go to the Eco hideout. I found a way to get super close to the uh, to the camel without it shocking me temporarily it eventually shocked me but i got really close to it where i was able to shoot bomb arrows at all four feet i was close enough however the feet sink into the ground so you can't actually shoot the feet well that, like, I things guess, like that i'm like i would that'd be really cool if you could bypass all of that too did you try going in the back area of the yuga clan stuff though yep and it was also blocked off blocked off yeah 
Well, I guess it's cool, though, because Annette says that there's still some story elements you have to do. Which, Because yeah. then the Yuga Clan Massacre, as I'm calling it and stealing from someone else on YouTube. Mm-hmm. Um, Is this when you go to the hideout? Is it called a massacre? Well, that's what he called it, the Yuga Clan Massacre. <laughs> um, it's not as... There's no context to it. You're like, all right, here's a clan of people. Like, there's yeah. some because you randomly will find one guy that's like, oh, I'm going to fight you, but there's no context, as opposed to if you actually done the story elements leading up to that. Well, there... Gives you that better context of everything. There are some moments in the game where you're like, oh, I found the shrine, and later on you talk to someone, and they're like, oh, the shrine quest, and then it just completes because right. you, and then it is you like, found it. So they could have done that and be like, we need you to get the Thunder Helm. And you're like, oh, this? <laughs> like, here's the Thunder Helm. Like, that would have been kind of cool. I don't know. I like the... Like, I'm so f- good at exploring, I found this right. at the time. But I do like that that was more of a... St- story based gameplay thing because that made the whole tension leading up to it was cool because yeah. you know what there are certain other limitations uh, Wolf Link doesn't go in there oh really in the year hideout interesting I guess it makes sense because it'd be hard to be stealthy when just a wolf is <laughs> right. running around well I wasn't trying to be well the second idea was eventually stealthy and I, once again everybody's journey is different I used stealth kills and it killed everybody in there after my fourth time through, because I kept dying the first time. Um, <laughs> other people just ran through. Um, but yeah, apparently I was using my Wolf Link Amiibo because I kept dying every time I went in there because those Windblade guys are hard. So I was like, screw it, I'm going to bring in my wolf. We're going to just go ham and kill them all. And we walk up to the inches and Wolf Link is like, yeah, no, I'm, I'm good. I'm going to stay out here. I was like, wait, what? He's like, <laughs> have fun, partner. And then just disappeared back into the sky. I was like... I have the Wolf Link Amiibo. I haven't used it yet. It's fun. It's... I've used it sparingly, um, and now, if you don't know, they patched out one of the biggest exploits in the game. Yeah, Infinite Arrows? No, not that one. Oh. The Wolf Link one. What's the exploit? I didn't hear about this. So, I never went through the Cave of Trials on Twilight Princess. Neither did I. But my Wolf Link had 20 hearts every time I summoned them. How? Because it was something that never, they had to patch out, so now, when I play again, he will only have three. three. Oh, that sucks. <laughs> right? <laughs> I was like, damn it! I was like, the best, I was like, maybe it's because I beat the game already on Twilight Princess using Wolf Link to save. It just automatically gets, they're like, no, no, it was actually a fluke that they forgot to patch out, and now it's patched out. So That's like, a shame. Damn it. Wolf Link is fun, though. Yeah. I didn't use him often, because I kept, it's kind of like I didn't have my horse often, because I kept climbing everything. Mm-hmm. So maybe that's the one of the things I didn't like. I didn't have a reason to always have a horse. Yeah, you kind of abandon it to play the game. Yeah. <laughs> yeah. I'm a, I use this horse to travel across to get to North, another horse stable. Then I leave my horse there and I'm going to go climb everything in between. So I never rode a bear. That was fun. I rode a bear. I rode a, a deer. I rode a deer. I rode... Um, did you ever find the Lord of the Mountain? I found him. I didn't ride him. You can ride him. I know. You have to have like extra stamina built up. I found him. Like, I never rode him. In, which was infinite a, run, and you can control him perfectly. Which was always one of the biggest uh, mysteries of when I first part started that game. I was trying to figure out when you first start the game. You're looking at like uh, from the Great Plateau, and you're looking across the vistas or everything. There's this one area on the west in a mountain, and you're like, "What is that? Why is it always glowing?" Yep. And I remember the first thing in my head, I remember even putting a marker on it. I was like, I'm going to go there. I'm going to figure out what the fuck that is. And then I went to Kakariko Village instead. <laughs> and the entire time you play the game, you're like, what is it that's glowing? And when I finally made it to that mountain, I went when it wasn't glowing. So I was walking around. I was like, there's nothing here. I don't, is this like steam from 
like the little pond air, like the little sauna bath. That's <laughs> what I thought it was. Yeah. And then when there's another time it was glowing, so I went back and I saw what it was. I was like, oh, one of the it's best mysteries cool. of the game. For it's people. very very yeah, cool. Yeah, it's really cool. So you can find the Lord of the Mountain and all the blur pieces. We got off track a little bit. Yeah, we did. <laughs> um, going back to the, like what we want out of Zelda next. Sounds like we still want to keep it open world style it sounds like we kind of want a smaller world though which i'm all for yeah. i think smaller world as long as that is coupled with like these bigger hero castle like areas to to explore and, and navigate i want to see a looming dungeon in the distance and be like i need to go there right that and, would be great because they always said like oh see that mountain you can go there screw it don't give me a mountain this time give me a dungeon yeah let me and maybe you can still tie it into story bits where like you can explore 80% of the dungeon, but what if there's a keep or some place that you can't get to mm-hmm. without doing, like, a story element beforehand? Or, like, figuring out how you're going to enter. Like, you can enter Hyrule Castle from any direction. Yeah. You don't have to cross the bridge and go to the main entrance. Like, Thank you can God. paraglide from the back and enter through the prison of, of Hyrule Castle. Which and I didn't then do. I, I still didn't do. I was like, I got into some places, like, screw it. Let me go outside and just climb up the damn yeah. castle to the very top. But I think, like, finding a dungeon and being like, okay, that entrance has tons of enemies i don't want to approach it from that way so if i climb this mountain to the right of it i'll just paraglide to like midway like height wise on that dungeon and kind of just enter in that way or you can climb to the top and you have to find something inside of it like i don't know you can really go anywhere you want to it'd be interesting i think one of the things when people think about why they're so when people have the criticisms about the dungeons is there's nothing other than hyrule castle that has scope and scale and i started thinking about to myself that's why the water temple that's why all these other temples made sense because they were you already had what you thought was an open world game at that time you're like oh my god it's a field i can run across um and then you go into these really in-depth multiple room multiple key things oh, we need to talk about keys and all this other stuff and then when you play breath of the wild you're like all right these towns are cool and this is cool but there's nothing else that really gives me like even the divine beast don't give me that full multi-layered multi-tiered area mm-hmm. and you don't really get any of that till Hyrule Castle and that's yeah. when I was like I feel like there's no dungeons because you wanted like all these rooms and all this other stuff and all these keys the introduction of keys though in Breath of the Wild is one of the greatest ways to introduce keys ever how do they how do they do for you uh, I forget what shrine it was because there's no mention of keys in anything and it mm-hmm. wasn't until I opened up a trash, uh, chest in the shrine it was like oh here's a key and I was like wait there's keys in this game and I walked over and I was like, oh my god, there's a keyhole over here. I didn't know this game had keys because nothing in the game requires you to have a key for anything. Yep. So I thought that was cool uh, how they taught you how to use keys without telling you, hey, here's a key that you need to open up this random door or something like that. There's this one shrine I came to. I love this. I actually came across today. And it's a gated off area inside of a shrine and there's a key door. And then there's a treasure chest. And you're like, oh, I'm going to find a key somewhere in here and I'll unlock it and get another treasure chest. But I looked around and inside that gated area there was another chest higher up with leaves kind of coming oh, I know close to it. Yeah. And the leaves go out of the gated area so I lit it on fire. That chest caught on fire broke and there's a key inside of it. I use magnesis, I used magnesis to pull the key out. I think that was the first like, one. Yeah. yeah, I think that was the one I found. I was like, oh my god, there's keys in this game. Yeah. And that's what it was. Like, oh, it broke and you're like, holy shit, is that a key? Yeah, Why is there a key in this game? Mm-hmm. So, um, but yeah, just that sense of depth. Yeah. I think going with the whole like, key idea, though, and kind of tying into the dungeons, like, I would think it'd be really cool if you came to a dungeon and the goal of the dungeon was find the boss key somewhere in this giant labyrinth. 
and because you and then you just gotta find the room that it goes to. Speaking of which, no more That'd labyrinths. Awesome. Those labyrinths. Oh, you no more like labyrinths. the labyrinths? Those were the. Those are awesome. Those are so good. They're like these giant mazes you have to exactly. navigate. Exactly. They're awesome. They were so, really, really good at being a giant maze. David Ramirez figured out how to uh, evade the maze. He he climbed up the side of the so maze. So I knew that. To the I've top. tried doing that. Yeah. Some of those it works. Some of them it doesn't work, but it does work. It's funny. Tell me why. I was trying to climb, and I was always, and I had full stamina. And he's like, I can't get to the top. I can't do this. He's like, why don't you use your climbing gear? I was like, fine. And I felt like I still wasn't doing it. He's like, why don't you just use your Rito power? And I was like, yeah. oh, yeah, I've gone this long in the game. I keep forgetting I can do that. <laughs> so I used it, and it pretty much puts you almost to the very top of the fucking, before you even get your paraglider, almost puts you to the top of the maze. I was like. Why the hell was I trying to climb this entire time? <laughs> I had this power that could have pushed me up to the top. Do you so. want to see those powers return in the next game? Like, like rather than getting items, getting like different powers like that? I thought that was really cool. And especially if you turned them off. Because I yeah. turned off the Goron one real quick. Yes, same here. Uh, but as long as people know you can turn As soon as you told off, me I could turn it off, I had no idea until yeah, they told me. Once you turn them off, it was fine. Because like, they didn't really truly add anything truly spectacular. No. But it was a nice little extra something. Like, hey, since you... They do this divine beast. Let's give you an extra something. That at the end of the day, you don't. Mifa's grace. I'll take that back. Mifa's grace is, is the greatest thing ever. Outside it's of that, so the other helpful. ones I didn't really need as much. No, I used uh, I used Urbos or Uboso's Urboso's fury. Mm -hmm. Yeah, Urboso's fury a lot because that was cool. Very cool. Yeah, well, Mifa's, uh, Mifa's grace was. You just got one shot it, and she's like, "I love you, Link. I can I will bring you back to life." And you're like, "Thank God." And All extra right. hearts. And extra hearts. Yeah. And you're like, oh, thank you. I love you. Even though I, we'll never be together, Fish Mermaid, Dead Lady. I, <laughs> I love Link. I love Zelda more. But thank you for your love. It's <laughs> <laughs> pretty much what it was. Like her whole story. Link, I love you, and I want to get married to you. And he's like, uh -huh, cool. Yeah, he, she made him that beautiful Zora's arm. Right. And he's like, cool. I'm gonna go get with the hot princess. Though, yeah. Who has she. In Link's defense, only one of them is still alive. So, <laughs> just just saying. This is why this is the best Zelda ever. Because when at the end of the game, if you get the good ending, like the post credit endings, did you notice? This is gonna sound really weird. You know she has an ass. Yes, absolutely, <laughs> I noticed. Like I there's a point like, she's walking away she's walking from you, away. and they make a point of like, <laughs> like it's round. It's <laughs> like very very round. rotund ass. It's yeah. Like. Man, Link got it. All right, cool. All right. I see why you put yourself in danger all this time for Zelda. All the other time, she's got all these flowy dresses that's, on. That's why he doesn't say anything. He's like, I don't want to fuck this up. I don't want to fuck right. this up. <laughs> you know, that's why he stood behind her all the time in the cutscene, too. <laughs> that's true. That's like a second cutscene where it's like, he's like, I'll go first, Zelda. It's always <laughs> like, I'm, you just keep going. You I'll just be the other sword behind you. Right <laughs> and then you're like, Oh, now I get it. Oh, wow. Damn, that's an ass. All right. Good job, Nintendo. Good job. I get it now. Cool. Um, but yeah, I just want to see more dungeons. I would like to see... Because it's hard to sit here and postulate, if that's a, the right word, what, kind of like your E3 prediction, uh, predictions. It's hard to be like, well, this is what I would like to see, and this is what I would hope to happen, because mm -hmm. Nintendo breaks convention. That's what they do. And the problem is, yeah, sometimes they can fall back on it as well, which is what happened with the Zelda franchise up until recently. Yeah. They got a little too complacent and kept falling back on the same old tropes over and over again. Mm -hmm. But then they come out with, first, A Link Between Worlds that broke many conventions for the 2D Zeldas. Totally. And then they come out with A Breath of the Wild that broke all conventions. And you're just like, 
Oh, so I can't really say. I know what I would like to see. I would like to see more areas like Hyrule Castle that you can explore and be a part of. I would like to see a really cool story, but one that somehow works with the open air world that they're trying to do. Mm-hmm. I would like to see a way for them to make the green tunic cool. Because yeah. that's why it's not in the game. Yeah. They said that. They're like, there's only so many times. It's not the tunic itself. It was like his hat. His hat at this point in time is stupid. We can yeah. only make it look so cool so many times before we're just like, fuck it. Yeah. There's, so. I, I remember when they first announced it. I'm like, oh no, the green tunic is gone. Didn't matter. Right. In the I actually like running all. around the champion's tunic a lot. Yeah. And then all the other armors you get, you're like. Totally. I really could kill us about this green tunic. Well, yeah. I liked being like, oh, I'm coming to Death Mountain. I have to wear my fireproof armor. Right. I have to. Or, you know, an ice sword. Or cross-dressing to get into Gerudo Town. Okay, that's one thing I didn't like. All right, here's one. <laughs> I didn't mind the cross-dressing to get into Gerudo. I minded that after I saved Gerudo, I could not walk around normally. You're still a man. I get it, but the Vogue <laughs> came. I'll at least wear the Vogue armor. I'm like, the Vogue came and saved your precious little town. Can I just walk around like this now? Is that cool? Do y'all trust me? No. Because yeah. then the question is, there's a Goron in there. Is that a female Goron? It has to be. Because you never see female Gorons. <laughs> there are... are there? I think so. Are you sure about that? They all look the same. Exactly. That was so <laughs> racist to me to say. All Gorons look the same. <laughs> so racist. <laughs> More Gorons out there. Man. <laughs> but I saw the Goron Gorons in there. think all people look the same. <laughs> That's true. But I saw the Goron in there and I was like, wait. They're very strict about men in their society. Very strict. So is this Goron a chick? <laughs> <laughs> or they don't even know. They're like, I can't tell, man. Just go in. Just go in. <laughs> Just go You're in. selling us gems. We want gems. Just go in. I thought about that. I was like, why is there a Goron in here? <laughs> I was really disturbed. I was like, how come he gets to walk around in his little loincloth, but I have to be in this like, vo voa aren't like stupid thing going on. Yeah. Because it doesn't give you anything other than just like heat resistance, yeah. Which the vote armor also gives you, and I thought that looked cooler. Mm-hmm. Um, I think you get better heat resistance though with the vote armor. Yeah, but anyway. But I do like all the armor options, like the radiant one, the luchador mm-hmm. skeleton ones. I liked all the options they had for everything else. I like that you can die armor. I like that they really made you not care that. Yeah, you know, I'll set for her to sell amiibo, which hashtag more amiibo coming. I am excited, mm-hmm. um, and actually have to collect more amiibo now. Um, but yeah, <laughs> I I like that they did a lot away with a lot of things, but it still made sense. I just want to see more areas like Hyrule Castle. Yeah. I want to see Link on a motorcycle going down a flight of stairs it's like Cloud Strife. I'm happen. just saying, man, Final Fantasy Cross uh, Zelda, it's going to happen because <laughs> you know. It would make perfect sense. Cloud Strife and Link. I mean, we already got it in Smash and, and Brothers. There will be an overwhelming amount of voice acting. <laughs> <laughs> Cloud Strife and Link in the game. Like Cloud All the will words have, that will be had. Cloud will have this gigantic soliloquy, like a uh, gigantic monologue that he's going through, and Link's just silent. <laughs> no response. <laughs> it doesn't say anything. To be fair, Cloud did talk in the movie, so. Yeah. Uh, so I think that. I agree with you in pretty much all the points in terms of the next Zelda game. I want the open air style still. I really want m- more dungeons that are more like Hyrule Castle in aesthetic. I also hope we get this soon. I don't want to wait another six years for a Zelda game. 
I really hope that they use the the same engine and they use the, the just like Majora's Mask. They use the same assets and kind of make something new out of it. I would like uh, to see that. You know, there's another good Zelda. There's another two Zelda games they did that with, and a lot of people don't realize it. Which ones? Phantom Hourglass and Spirit Tracks. Nope. Um, and this is why people don't realize it. There's another game they pretty much just reuse all the assets. Don't tell me. Um, oh, uh, Oracle of Seasons, Ages, nope. and Link, Link's Awakening. Those all have like, the same assets. Okay, what are you one, thinking of? There's then? another one that uses a lot of the same assets in the engine. The CDI version. Nope. Yes. <laughs> yes. I'm at, uh, go for it. What is it? Wind Waker and Twilight Princess run all the same things. They just have different skins. Oh, interesting. I did not know that. A lot of people don't realize that. Wind Waker and Twilight Princess. Twilight Princess runs on Wind Waker's engine and a lot of the stuff. They just use hmm. a different art style. So, if you already have this physics engine built... And that was, what, three years? That was, like, between? two or three between. Yeah. So, if you already had this physics engine built... Which they said they're going to use in future games. Right. Just keep going with it. But this also makes me go, what else does Nintendo truly have up their sleeve? Yeah. I, th- I also think, too, that so much of the Zelda game was working towards these new conventions for the series. Now they can play with those conventions. Now Give me gonna... HD Rumble. <sighs> yeah. Imagine that, doing like Magnesis and actually feeling the waves. Oh, that would be really cool. Yeah. Right? Or when you use like a flame rotter or firewire, you can actually feel it roll out. For anybody who hasn't had a chance, I know you have our fast RMX. I don't know how much you really pay attention to the HD Rumble. Not that much. But for anybody out there in podcast world who hasn't had a chance to really play with HD Rumble, I'm telling you, that's going to be the thing that's going to revolutionize so much because it's so accurate to the pinpointness of everything. Mm-hmm. The only thing that sucks is like to get the full features of it now, you have to play something like one, two switch or which yeah. a lot of people aren't going to play or fast RMX has HD rumble. A lot I barely notices HD rumble though. I don't um, know what, how it benefits the game. Cause they say, depending on how you uh, crash or whatever, you can actually feel the side and of your vehicle. Oh, interesting. And yeah, really it's supposed to be like very attuned to how your vehicle's performing or what gets okay. hit and collision and stuff like that. I so the HD Rumble will change yeah. per game, but after playing the ball counting game and want to switch and just like it's really accurate and yeah. really precise. Yeah. So seeing more games, like I honestly do hope there. I haven't played Skyward Sword. It was actually the game I was about to pick up shortly, but I really do hope there's a Skyward Sword HD that has HD Rumble. So I think that's going to be that's kind of another topic, but like I think it's going to be difficult because the Wii Mote and Joy Cons work uh, off of no, different motions and technology. You're wrong, sir. Wii Mote works off a of pointing mechanic. You're wrong, sir. Have okay. you not already looked at the world of Goo on Switch? They've already solved that. But that, to be fair, that game also exists on other platforms, so they've already kind of had to figure out motion but controls. Uses, right, but it uses the Wii pointer mm-hmm. on Switch. Oh, does it really? Yes. Oh, okay. Because it, it uses the gyroscope on the Wii to mimic yeah, the pointing is, to the screen. One thing I don't want in the next Zelda game is motion <laughs> controls. <laughs> so I think that, I don't know. Wait, wait, I can't say that because of games like Arms and other stuff. Motion controls for the Wii U and certain motion control aspects. Yes, like Star Fox motion controls, stupid. Mm-hmm. Having the two Joy-Con in each hand. Still controlling Link, but then be able to do proper sword fighting, almost true one-to-one like they've been saying. I think that's going to happen. Can you do that, though, on the train? Can't do Portable Zelda if you're doing all this motion control but stuff. But not every game is going to necessarily have to... Oh, and that's still going to be optional. 
just yeah. like Splatoon. You can't well, like be able Skyward to use... Sword. It was not optional. You had to, to use motion controls. Because oh, really? Every every oh, yeah, enemy, yeah, like it's like a puzzle of like how you swing your sword. But Skyward Sword is also a home console, full on home console game. Yeah, and we don't know how that's going to change because mm-hmm. Twilight Princess technically was motion controlled, and they still ported the GameCube version. Yeah, and made it better. But that would be very different though, because in that case, you're just like. To hit your sword, you're just shaking the controller, and like I that's know. not really motion control. But they concerned. already showed that the world of goo pretty much runs the same as it that. Did no, that is good to know. That we, that, that supports um, that because sword could come. And all it is is it since you don't have an IR sensor to point, it uses yeah. the gyroscope mm-hmm. of the Joy-Con to mimic having the IR sensor and the cursor on the screen. Yeah, because I looked at the world of goo stuff and I was like, oh, so they already gave people hope that they know a Wii. Mm-hmm. the Wii games are coming to Virtual Console because they've already shown that they can do that with World of Goo. Yeah. So, it would be kind of cool to see like an HD Skyward Sword because you know if they're going to do HD, they will fix it. Mm-hmm. They'll fix a lot of the things that people didn't like because they did that with Twilight Princess. They'll fix yeah. a lot of those weird bugs and stuff and they will make it run smoother and better and it'll make it more enjoyable than it was on Wii. Yeah. Because I never played Twilight Princess before, until Wii U mm-hmm. and they said they fixed a lot of the things that people, that made the game more frustrating by the time it got ported to Wii U. So yeah. I think it's going to happen. But we'll I wouldn't see. mind to see if like a mix between motion control and traditional console controls for next Zelda. Mm-hmm. I think that'd be pretty kick-ass. We will find out. We're kind of yeah. running a little long here. Yeah, so we are. So this final... is all going to get really edited. <laughs> no, <laughs> it's all all in its raw, natural beauty. Any um, other points you have at all for like next Zelda or things you want to bring up before we wrap up? Get a Switch. Have fun. Play it everywhere. Um... Don't let it sit in the dock for too long, or it might. Well, I don't know. If you get a switch by now, <laughs> if you get a switch by now, maybe it's not warping and stuff like yeah. that. That's so, actually why they postponed the docks, is because the docks I are really, the new ones that it won't happen. Um, and to make sure they don't scratch the system either. Yes. Um, but no, go out, have fun. It's gaming. You know, make time if you don't have time. Have fun, meet people to game with, and really just enjoy as much as you can of anything. Okay. Whether you're PlayStation. Um, Nintendo, PC, and that's pretty much the only three left. Microsoft. <laughs> nope, I said it right. PlayStation, <laughs> Nintendo, PC. <laughs> so we're we're all welcoming except Microsoft. <laughs> it's not a real thing anymore. Well, Microsoft can show me a game. The fact that Persona Five <laughs> went to PS3 and Microsoft uh, Xbox One still can't get <coughs> awesome exclusives, but I can play Persona Five on my PS3. That says a lot. Yeah, I'm just saying. Cool. Well, I think. Uh... That about wraps it up. Thank you all for listening. You can catch us on Split Screen GP on Instagram and Twitter and on Facebook, facebook.com forward slash Split Screen Gaming. Thank you all for listening.